Ozzy, Ozzy, Ozzy! Oi, oi, oi! Yeah, welcome back to episode 12 of Faking Injuries. We've had a request from one of our very few listeners. Basically, they said, why don't you guys do a brief synopsis at the top of the episode, just so people, in case they're not familiar and they somehow come across this podcast, know what they're getting into. Like most other things in my life, I'm going to pass the buck to you, Charlie, quickly, and I mean quickly. What does this podcast mean to you? What's it all about? And why are new listeners going to love it? This is Faking Injuries, the best podcast in the world, our 12 listeners will say. We're like a small, you know, local-run business. People uh, that fuck with us really enjoy our food, but not many people know about us outside of our, our little niche. So we love to shoot the shit on storylines. We love to crack jokes on players. We are the best in the world, probably, at talking about a game and not talking about the game at all. All facts in this podcast, no feelings. Noah, how are you doing today? I'm doing better than could otherwise be expected considering the prophecies I've made in prior weeks about the countless number of trophies I would be inspecting and the next rendition of Liverpool's trophy case. But when we look back on this year's loot, there's only two in the bag, which is a 50% yield And we're like a Monsanto soybean farm. 50% yields just aren't going to cut it when we're talking about trophy yield at Liverpool Football Club. Doing okay in football, but I have been moving all weekend, which is just the worst thing to experience. It's actually been a surprisingly good marketing tool, I've found, because, you know, we hauled all of our crap from our last place. Some things we brought just don't fit in, so we got to sell them. And I met this kid who made the mistake of wearing a Chicago social soccer jersey in. The opening was there for for scummy (laughs) podcasting marketers out there. I knew the opening was there. I said, hey, oh, you play any sports? Sure, play volleyball, softball, soccer. Oh, soccer, you follow that at all? You watch the European games? Keep in mind, this is while he's on the bottom of like the first of three flights of stairs carrying the mattress. And at any point, I could really shove him down the stairs captive audience to say the least but when i knew i had him i said oh check out the number 874 ranked soccer podcast on itunes as of last week frankly if i don't see a like and subscribe in the next week sorry kid i know where you live so <laughs> <laughs> so shout out matt and slowly but surely we're building out the base marketing where we can we're like those cutco kids you're great at it i mean you're so shameless with the marketing we could be anywhere any setting and you will go up to the alpha. I'm like a chimpanzee. You are the alpha. Just anyone wearing a soccer jersey. Oh, you follow, you follow European soccer? Oh, you, you like podcasts? Oh, is that your kid on the monkey bars? <laughs> but we need it. We need the promotion now more than ever. I yeah. mean, we're, we're getting into this. We're in episode 12 at this point. Anything you need to get off your chest? Yeah, it, it was a good weekend. Went to one of my siblings' graduations uh, in Bumfuck, Vermont. Very fun time. The graduation ceremony, though, I got some fucking gripes about this. <laughs> a few peeves with the ceremony. First of all, they started it as uh, I'd like to apologize to the Native Americans that used to live on this land. We're going to do a moment of silence for them. This is at the very beginning? The first thing they said. Literally, like, 
Congratulations, class of 2022. Let's take a moment of silence to honor the Native Americans. A little bit of a weird move, but I guess it's what you expect from a liberal arts school. After that, it was just the most obnoxious graduation ceremony ever. I think there's a... I'm doing a little visual graph here, right? Tuition costs, how obnoxious the ceremony is. I think it's a one-to-one, you know? I really think it is. I think you could plot that out, but... That might be exponential. It might be an X-squared type graph. And what does that say that your family is the target consumer of these proprietors in education? Maybe we have to cut out this physical graph, but my other big peeve about this ceremony is there was like, whatever, five, 600 kids graduating. They gave an award to three or 400 of them. So instead of reading off the names quickly, like you usually do at a graduation, trying to get through it quickly, don't want the parents and families sitting there for four hours straight while you're reading names. Every person, congratulations, John Smith, recipient of this award. Every single person got a trophy. What is this participation trophy ceremony that we're doing? It's a graduation. Read the names, move on. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, holy shit to an East Coaster like you. You like to keep things moving. If I had to push back on that, the participation generation that we've become, when the pussification does happen, I would argue giving three to 400 trophies to a class of over 600 is even worse. Because if you have to go back to the graduation celebration your family's having, look grandma in the eye and tell her you were one of the 200 not to get a trophy... That's not going to be a good look, and you're going to need people checking in on you because it singles out that other class even more, whereas class of 600, six awards are given. Hey, it's okay to be in the 99 percentile. We've all got each other. We can storm the palace and crush the bourgeoisie. A hundred percent. Only Karl Marx could be proud, you know? It'd be great. (laughs) This is Europe we're talking about. Yeah. Well, (laughs) I think that's enough ranting about our, our respective weekends. Let's talk some soccer, because we got some shit to cover, and I just want to start off the bat by saying I'm a little sad that it's over, because I don't know what to do with half my days now. Usually, wake up, hungover, Saturday, Sunday morning, grab my coffee, give Rebecca Lowe a little kiss, and uh, I watch it for three, four hours straight, and now I wake up, and it's like... Eight, nine in the morning, and I just don't know what to do myself. What do people do in the mornings? So I guess there's a broader question to the audience. Like, what do you do on this Saturday morning? I don't know. Do I go shopping? Do I do I cook breakfast? Like, yeah. I, I'm really at a loss. So you're saying sitting with your thoughts really isn't working and is probably a recipe for disaster? I think that's spot on. I'm not, not good at sitting with my thoughts. I need distractions constantly, and soccer is the best of them all. Yeah, I mean, as far as I'm concerned about personal lifestyle, you need to be Greek in either meditation or cuisine. You can be like <laughs> you can be like Plato, sit down with your thoughts, have a little picnic in an urban park, or you can go to a Greek establishment. Shit, Arby's will work if they're carrying the Euros. Have one of those. Either way, tremendous wisdom will be distilled upon you. It's called going Greek. Are you down to go Greek? <laughs> yeah, I'm down to go Greek. <laughs> Let's get them to the Greek. Let's do it. This episode is sponsored by Brew Doctor Kombucha. Uh, well, actually, no free ads. <laughs> Brew Doctor. <laughs> but please sponsor us. We're currently focusing on the media element of the conglomerate that is faking injuries. But when we get into the marketing, branding, 
name image likeness areas. Target number one has to still be Pavel Bucha plying his trade for Victoria Pilsen in the Czech League. You can't have a 24-year-old national team representing frankly handsome young midfielder without having his face plastered over every kombucha bottle you can find in the Czech Republic. That's an audience that has to be worth $7 million in bucha sales. Do you think the bucha is flowing in the Czech Republic like it is here in major cities in America? Because I have a feeling it's probably not. That's proving my point. I don't think it currently is. That's where the market opportunity exists. They probably have all the infrastructure, big fixed costs with running like Pilsner breweries in the Czech Republic. So if they transition some of those machines and make them kombucha brewers instead, combine that with a popular young player like Pavel Bucha, you could up those sales. That's big growth. Yeah, it is. And speaking of the Czech Republic and us, the Bucha boys, uh, Slavia. Respond to our emails. I mean, we're going to keep being persistent. We'll email you as much as we have to, but guys, we're, we are your American ambassadors. There's no, <laughs> you don't have choices here. There's not like several of these that offers that you're getting on a daily basis. No, we are the only ones willing to grab your torch and carry it all over America. So just respond to us. Just respond to us. We're not here selling you Web3 crypto fan engagement ideas here. We just want to old-fashioned, carry your water. I'm not saying spread misinformation, but certainly be a lubricant to allow it to pass. Guide it to where it needs to go if needed. All you have to do is reply to a random Gmail account, fakinginjuriespod at gmail.com. Seems easy. All right, where do we want to go first? We got a couple big fixtures, a couple finals to talk about. Let's start with the Champions League final. Real Madrid beat your boys one nothing. Very sad. I'm sorry about it. I did think it was funny watching the uh, FA Cup, EFL Cup celebrations in Liverpool because you could see no one was happy in that town celebrating those two cups. But Real Madrid got dominated for what the the tenth Champions League game in a row and still somehow managed to pull out a result. This has got to hurt. How are you feeling? What were your thoughts on the game? I'm feeling beaten downtrodden i'm not speechless but the words i have shouldn't be verbalized on this medium so i'm I'm just gonna i'm just gonna keep it to myself i'm not saying that i texted you clop out we need to tear this down and rebuild it but i have some other ideas as well first because if you listen to episode 11 of the faking injuries podcast i said a lot of nice things more than usual, to the country of Spain, to Real Madrid, ahead of such an important fixture. I think that's why this result happened, because you were singing Real Madrid's praises, saying, we're going to shit on the rest of the Spanish league, but we're going to love Real Madrid. And your timing could not have been worse. (laughs) You did this to the club. You need to apologize right now to all the Scousers who are (laughs) suffering right now, who are true, real fans, not a plastic American fan. You need to apologize. <laughs> you lost this vital. I'm sorry, Scousers. Um, I know the downstream macroeconomic effects of this means there's going to be a few million less Scouse Bulls available to your people. So for that, I am sorry. But I think a lot of good came out of this too because as we touched on a little bit last week, we were persona non grata in Spain before. We carved out a little niche in Madrid. And I think this was like the blood handshake 
the bond that solidified it. And I, on behalf of the Liverpool people, am also going to submit to Real Madrid. They are just better than us. They are trash. Wow. (laughs) Wow. In recent memory, twice in the last four years, this team has outclassed us. Yeah, there was some weird shit in the first one, but they just have our number. If I want to look on the bright side, maybe we just need to lose a final in between every final win. Because I think that's what we're on pace at. And if you look at the last Champions League that we won, it came following a Champions League final loss to Real Madrid. So that makes sense to me, is we're in a good spot. We're closer than City at this point. So are we throwing a future bet for the quadruple next year? Maybe not the quad. I think like Arsenal slowly climbing European competition. We got to do this slowly. Let's do three next year. Okay. Let's drop the Carabao or the EFL, whichever one it is. Yeah. Give me a trifecta. I got a little tidbit about this game. So I was watching it uh, in a bar, you know, celebrating with some people. And uh, all these parents were there trying to come and talk to me, you know, mingle as people do in a setting like that. Myself and my brother were locked in. We're both big soccer fans. We were blocking out all the noise, just ordering whiskeys, fucking paying attention to the Real Madrid-Liverpool game. People were asking us questions about it, and like they were like, oh, why do you guys like soccer? I feel like uh, sometimes the, the better team doesn't win. Honestly, that is true. Real Madrid have won several ties in a row where they were significantly worse than the other team. But I guess that is why we love this sport. You know, it's unpredictable in nature. But we submit. But we submit, and this is this is why we love the game. And I also just love seeing the pain in your eyes after uh, these <laughs> these two uh, choke jobs, you could say. If we look at players a little bit specifically, I probably bear a little more of the blame because I was absolutely roasting Casemiro in the first 30 minutes of this game. He looked very slow. He must have missed his first three tackles. And I tweeted into the metaverse... Casemiro looks like he spent too much time at a Brazilian steakhouse last night with the green light on. Sometimes you got to wait and say no to some of the ribeye or the pineapple crusted sirloin, etc. Can't You can't have it all, you know, and <laughs> no. expect to feel okay after. We get it. It's Paris, the finest cuisine you can imagine. But like anyone who's been to a Ponderosa steakhouse has learned, there's a point where you got to say stop. It must have been the minute after I sent that out, he started looking like Casemiro of old. Still slow as shit, but very functional. Always getting tackles in. He's usually in the right spot where he needs to be. But. Yeah. And if we have to spotlight anyone else, I mean, the most obvious one is Thibaut Courtois. Stud. Thibaut. Stood on his fucking head. He's been incredible this whole tournament. You know, if Benzema wasn't so prolific, he could be player of the tournament, honestly. But that's where my head's at because we didn't choke this one away. We put some high-quality shots on the net, and he was just a six-foot-six, well-positioned, athletic, handsome man. He must have been such a bratty 12- or 13-year-old. You know he hit his growth spurt by then. Well, he's Belgian, too, so they're all bratty, right? Probably. I don't know why I'm roasting the Belgian. <laughs> Probably. They're small. It's a small-numbered people. You don't want to back them against a corner, man. No. Another thing I want to talk about from this game. So the game got delayed about 15 minutes, then half an hour, then it ended up being more like 4 or 45. Apparently, it was. It looked like the Lollapalooza scenes where the kids are climbing over the fence and running, trying not to get tackled by security guards. 
just a million Parisians just fucking storming. They were storming the stadium like it was the fucking back in the day, storming the castle. It was ridiculous. Oh my gosh. They were coming to kill Louis the Thirteenth or whatever, dude. It was ridiculous. <laughs> if, there, if there's one thing the Parisians do well, man, it is storm capitals, storm royal buildings that they have no business being inside of. It doesn't matter if they're wearing a yellow vest or what. They do it in fucking style. They are great at protesting, yeah, storming shit. I was worried we were going to first scene of the Champions League final pitch and it was just going to be Klopp's head, like, <laughs> fucking. Klopp's head on his stick Klopp's because gas prices stick. are too high and it's, like, all something for Macron. Oh, man. Another example of France fans going fucking crazy. Saint-Étienne played in the relegation playoff versus Auger. So, winner stays in the Ligue 1, loser goes down. And Saint-Étienne tied 1-1 after the regular time. They go to penalties. They lose in penalties. and We don't really care as much of the fine details. Yeah. Shit happened. Someone probably fucked up a penalty. Goalie made a good save. And then this was one of many catalysts for French fans to do what French fans do, and that is to express anger that they're feeling from some other thing in their life and take it out on a football pitch. It was so quick, the amount of flares that came in at St. Etienne players' heads. I swear, immediately after they scored, Auger scored, the St. Etienne players just started sprinting (laughs) to the locker room, like beelining it, because immediately the whole field filled with fans holding the red flares, and just started hurling them at their domes. It was absurd. You said you saw a couple pitchforks come out, and I wouldn't be surprised because it was something else. I think that was my brain filling in, just having some synapses be like, this is 1770-whatever. They must have pitchforks. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Say what you want about the French fans, the French political supporters. I'm just glad, despite all of our political issues in the U.S., I'm happy that neither side is enlisting the help of displaced French people who are just amazing at protesting and fucking shit up, throwing flares wherever they need to go and asking questions later because things could be a lot worse. So I'm proud to be an American today. (laughs) These, These French fans are just hilarious. Let's move on to championship playoff this is set it up baby this is one of the biggest games in the year i mean it's it's the richest game in the world they call it it's the richest game of football because it's a huge fucking deal and one goal in this case an own goal by levi colwell could cost you 100 million yeah it's cool we've touched on the different ways different leagues will determine promotion and relegation in between the top and second tier And so what's awesome about England is from the second tier, in terms of who goes up, the top two teams get automatic qualification, but then there's still a third spot. And the third spot is given to the winner of like a four-team March Madness style playoff, the playoffs between teams three, four, five, and six. So that's what makes the league really interesting to follow. You know, maybe there's good teams that fall off a little bit or... You find yourself with a month or two left. You're an eighth. If you make a push, you can get sixth. Anything can happen. And it's kind of the fluke factor. You know, you can get in kind of randomly when you're not maybe the third best team in the second division. And so in the last game of this four-team playoff, 
it's literally worth $130 million because that is the difference between being the 20th team in the Premier League and being team number one in the championship. It's a massive gap. It's actually absurd how big the gap is. And it's a microcosm for the spending that goes down in the championship because everyone can realistically tell themselves maybe they're one season away from being in sixth place and getting this promotion. So everyone's just spending like bonkers. Money is free. It's all a write-off. That's what these fuckers are doing in the championship. And it's all because if you get lucky, boom, mama just got rich. Yeah. No, this game is awesome. It's our Kentucky Derby. We're coming next year. Full PE blinders outfits, pocket watches, carton cigarettes, razor blades in our caps, and we're getting rowdy. We're going to try to model a bit after the Kentucky Derby. You know, we got to bring some different flair. It's not going to manifest in exactly the same way. But it's certainly more of a high-class event than the fans are, are giving it love for now. And just to clarify, when he says we're bringing different flair, we're not bringing flares like the French. Just just making that or Richard was in. super clear. <laughs> oh, we got to touch on the VAR shit here. Yeah. Okay, so true. We just rambled about the context of this game. We're good at that. Let's get into some specifics on this one. You mentioned the own goal. You want to go into that quickly because you have to be the court-appointed public defender. He is a Chelsea loan boy, after all. Yeah, it's tough to blame him for it because it's a really good ball, really dangerous ball, and the striker who is in front of him just completely whiffs it. Played a dummy. Be optimistic. (laughs) But he's in a good spot. He's in the perfect position. He's behind his defender. He's ready to take him out or slide on the ground and block it. And the attacker just completely whiffs the ball. And Levi gets a little touch and it goes straight into the top corner. It's just, it's hard to know what he should have done better there. Yeah, he was unsighted. Stevie wondered, if you will. I think that's the only thing you can say is, as far as an own goal, that's in like the first percentile of truly fucking up. You know, like it just happened. He was in such a good position, staying on his man. In soccer though, the ball just takes a weird bounce and goes in. It's really harsh. But I hope he doesn't get too much hate for it because, like, like we said, not his fault. Plus, they wouldn't have fucking been in this playoff final if it weren't for him being there all year, locking shit down at the back. Let's yeah. be honest. Another selfish take I had in this was, you know, from the football director in me, because there's got to be such a list of clubs from everywhere keeping tabs on Levi Colwell, especially as Huddersfield isn't coming up. Where is he going to go? Is he going to get a look in at Chelsea? Is he going to go somewhere else? I think if you're an opposing football director in negotiations, you got to play this factor hard of like, is he really that good? Is he worth 20, 25? This is a kid we're talking just got an own goal in a final, you know? In the richest final. Yeah, in the richest final. You're going to look whoever is leading Chelsea in negotiations in the eye and say, this man could cost me $130 million. He's done it before, you know? (laughs) It'll probably get poo-pooed negotiations, but you'd be an idiot if you didn't try to get this clause in there because you might just find yourself a good discount. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I think he's either got to get sold this summer or stay at Chelsea. I think uh, I think he's done with the loans at this point. You know, He's uh-uh. proven himself top level of the championship. I, I no. think he's ready to move on or start getting worked into he's the He's ready to pay market. off that mortgage. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So other big moan in this game because it was pretty fucking dry otherwise. <laughs> it was like an Amish graduation party, you'd say. Yeah, yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. In Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> the other major moment in this game was a potential penalty call 
that actually went the other way. They gave a card to the player for flopping, but they played it back on VAR, and it just looked like a clear penalty. You know, I forgot who the Huddersfield player was, but put it by him, got his legs taken out, and then just got a card for flopping, and it was so strange. Yeah, it's so tough, and it was referee John Moss, the little Oompa Loompa-looking lad who just kind of trots around, as he does, like a slightly overweight bulldog. I think his prerogative must have been... All else equal, I'd rather not make a potentially really expensive penalty call 130 and be the target of assassins from Nottingham Forest. I have a different theory. I think he was getting a little tired from running around, and he really did not want extra time to be a thing. He, he was not going to last. <laughs> you know, he was not going to last any longer than 90 minutes, so he had to be like, okay, we're not doing this. I can't do it. And this is his last game, too, so we can't go out collapsing in the 115th minute of his last game, getting carried out on a stretcher. Because that is such a bad look. It's all we'll remember. No, we can respect it. He's just trying to avoid a heart attack. And, like, you know, more power to him. I mean, back to the call. Sure, it was a mistake on the field. I think the weirder part is it went to VAR and it wasn't returned. Yeah. And it seemed especially slowed down like a conventional penalty call. It looks pretty obvious. I was shocked they didn't overturn it because it's got to be like clear and obvious error. And I think it was. You know, he literally gave a card to the Huddersfield player for flopping and it was not a flop at all. I'm convinced the VAR in the championship is more fixed than a Juventus early 2000s game. I would say more fixed than the teeth of the entire Brazilian national team. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, please don't fire me. Oh, man. They're amazing people. Amazing. I think we sufficiently covered this. Richest game Richest game in the world. We're going next year. Are, are we burning the boats? We're going next year. Nottingham Forest going up. I'm excited to see them. A lot of players I really like there. Should we move on to our third and last final? The, the biggest one of them all, I might say. Yes, remind me. Roma versus Feyenoord. Oh, Euro- yes. Europa Conference League. This first is final. our final. It was so important to me that I remembered so keenly. <laughs> <laughs> But first Europa Conference League final ever, I threw a K-free bet on Roma to win, which I was very nervous about. Almost had a heart attack every day the week leading up to it. But it felt great to hit it. I did immediately gamble away half of my winnings, betting on Liverpool and Huddersfield. But I cashed in a little bit. You know, I I had to withdraw. You cashed in. Yeah, so maybe Levi Colwell has cost even more money, you know? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was happy for Jose. I thought it was pretty well deserved. And, um, you know, Tammy, he's he's looking like he's more valuable than Lukaku now. So <laughs> that was good business, Chelsea. Well done. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm, I am convinced, though, that most of these Premier League strikers who are, like, tall, strong, and fast would fucking dominate Syria. Like, they're going against defenders who chain smoke a pack a day. <laughs> yes. Like, you're, you can't tell me half of these strikers wouldn't. I think Benteke would fucking kill it in Syria, and he is trash. <laughs> Yeah, any modern striker who's had any semblance of a sports scientist, athletic trainer, his life is just such a cheat code in Italy. Like you said, the tobacco consumption in one of those locker rooms is untouchable, unthinkable. 
Especially if Maurizio Sarri is around <laughs> oh, and he's shit. got his hut in place. Like, <laughs> like you, you know, the players are like, we got to go smoke with our boys. Sorry. Yeah, like he could be running practice. And you know how coaches sometimes make offers in practice? Like, you won't have to run if you do X. If you guys win this, I'll do Y. It was probably like, if you motherfuckers score 5 out of 10 free kicks... We can go have a smoke down <laughs> in the locker room. You guys nominate one leader, and we'll see who can rip more darts in 30 minutes. Do you see that at all, or am, am I way off base here? No, I think that's pretty accurate <laughs> to what goes down around that uh, around those facilities in Italy. I, I think even Sari implemented, uh, you know, Bielsa had, the, what, what do you call it, Murball, where he made the pitch bigger and made the players just, fucking sprint the entire time no whistles sorry has um sig ball where they <laughs> they do the same thing except they have to have a lit cigarette in their mouth the entire time and if it goes out they get kicked out of the game kicked out of practice i wonder if in practicality the sig would stay just at their mouth or if they would have to curate some devices to facilitate this like what if they were all just wearing like these snorkels <laughs> running around maybe like their nose can breathe normally but their mouth is just in the snorkel and there's smoke billowing out from all of them like a chimney on christmas it would be amazing <laughs> i think that's enough bullshitting on this europa conference league final i was just super fucking psyched to hit this bet that's all i want to talk about but somehow want... anytime we talk about italy it just instantly <laughs> devolves into chain smoking and Maurizio sorry <laughs> oh but they must hate us there this you know? is where we're at what are you yeah, gonna do Fuck, we're close to getting blackballed there, too. Like, I mean, if we even think about ordering chicken Alfredo <laughs> in Roma, <laughs> they're, God, they're going to kill us. Yeah, yeah, we might get whacked. We're pushing the boundaries here. We're pushing the boundaries. We're, uh, we're pioneers in yeah. this game. Well, I think that's a wrap on another week of faking injuries. We talked finals, some good ones, some shitty ones, and we did a really good job of not talking about the games at all. No. Which is what we strive to do. It's what we do well. Yeah. I hope you guys watch the games. That way you have at least a little context. But if you don't, then... They don't. You'll enjoy it because we don't talk about the games. It's more about humans than about soccer. <laughs> and more about ourselves than anything else. But, uh... Yeah, we're just two narcissistic assholes who uh, love to shoot the shit and make each other laugh. So we hope you enjoyed another week of this. Not quite sure what to do now. We're, we're at a loss for words because we have no soccer to watch. Thanks for listening, guys. Bye, guys. <laughs>